and gentlemen, All Saints Catholic Church in Dallas, Texas welcomes you to All Saints Coffee Chats. Hello! Hi! <laughs> yell as loud as possible. Hello! Hello! Welcome to episode everybody. 68, or whatever it actually is. That's yeah, it's 68. Okay, good. So, Father Jovita is here with us. Father, if you want to say hi to everybody. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Yeah. So, you were with us for episode 22, all the way back in October. And uh, since... That's why, that's why I'm surprised you brought me back here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's just once, and you're done. So. <laughs> no, we like, to, we like to bring people back when new things and exciting things are going on. So, this week was your 25th anniversary of being a priest. So that's pretty great. And then, of course, since October, your role here at All Saints has changed just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> just a minor thing, right? To parochial vicar to pastoral administrator. Was there any change? <laughs> been a lot so of change. Still a priest. Still a priest, still hearing confession, yeah. doing mass, and doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But then, like you said, it has been just something new and uh, Last Tuesday, 24th of August, that was actually my 25 years of becoming a priest, but it looks like yesterday. Yeah. yeah. I still feel it was like yesterday. And that's what some of my friends, especially those who were there on the day of ordination, they were more like, wow, time flies. And time do really fly. I, had, uh, I mean, I couldn't believe you saw 25 years, but that's what it is. And uh, I thank God for the gift of my vocation. Thank him for, despite my unworthiness, he has been seeing me through till this moment. So it's a thing to thank God and be appreciative of his grace. So, that is it. 20, 25 <laughs> years is, is a long time to be in any position, um, whether it's a priesthood or ministry or career, uh, any of those things, with that, have you seen different fruits that have come from your time of doing it? Is there specific things that you can look back on in the 25 years that are like, this is where a seed was planted and I got to participate in that growth? Um, my 25 years at priest have been filled with a whole lot of experiences. Um, I wouldn't say, uh, talking about fruit, I would always take every fruit to God, yes. uh, to the Holy Spirit, and not to me, because uh, like I'm just an instrument. And uh, I don't look at priesthood as a position, I look at it more as a vocation, a, a way of life. So it's not typically for me a position. Well, through these years, I think, I tell people sometimes I have seen it all. <laughs> I have been involved in a lot, and I have, really, really loved what I have been doing as a Catholic priest, meeting with people, touching the lives of people, um, bringing Christ to people, and the sacrament of reconciliation, and the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, matrimony, and uh, baptism, and all the rest of them. It has really been a journey that I do enjoy. It comes with a whole lot of up and downs. Like I know every vocation has its own ups and downs. You guys that are married, I mean, marriage is not a bed of roses. No. <laughs> okay. No. So you, you're still single. It's not a bed of roses either. 
There are ups and downs in every vocation. So there are those days that you wake up as a priest and you feel like, why am I here? And there are those days that you wake up and you feel like, God, thank you for the gift of the priesthood. Mm -hmm. So for 25 years, I have experienced, I mean, those sides, those days that you wake up and uh, why did I even say yes to this? <laughs> and then those days that I wake up and I'm like, God, thank you for giving me this opportunity to become a Catholic priest. And uh, I do enjoy the fact that I'm a Catholic priest. I do enjoy the fact that God has given me this opportunity to serve him and to serve his people. I do enjoy the very fact that that is what actually is going to get me to heaven. And I don't want to go to heaven just by myself. Yeah. I want to go to heaven with everybody. So it gives me the opportunity to help people, I mean lead people and guide people on our way to heaven. So imagine how heaven will be when we get over there and by my right is Andrew, <laughs> by my left is Paul, and then Erica is the other way. I mean, yeah. it's going to be a wonderful place to be. And maybe we, we have coffee charts in heaven. <laughs> so, so but that's the joy of being a priest, knowing that you are fighting for your own salvation and you are at the same time fighting for the salvation of other people and yeah. trying to be your best not just for you to go to heaven but for as many people as possible that encounter you be able to be led to heaven too so i thank god for 25 years healthy life the gift of i mean all the gifts that i really need to succeed as a priest God has, in one way or the other, giving me those where my witnesses are. He has found a way to empower me in some other areas, and uh, that's been a good journey. That's been a good journey. Yeah, I think for for all of us that have been in ministry, whether it's been for a few months or years, it, it's one of those things that you understand. The more you empty yourself to allow the Holy Spirit to come into you the more effective you are. So Father, um, with all of that, when we talk about this this vision of what heaven could look like uh, with all of us in it and all of us being able to uh, look at the, the family of the body of Christ in, in heaven together, um, what is your vision as the pastoral administrator? What's, what's your vision for the, the community of All Saints? You just talked about family, and I know everybody talks about family. And I was so happy um, when I came to All Saints, going through the history of All Saints. I found out that uh, the founding pastor of this parish, Monsen Okamel, mm -hmm. that he's vision when he became the pastor of All Saints was to make All Saints a family. Yeah. His idea was to make this place a second home for every parishioner, for every person that comes into this place, that this becomes a second home for such a person. That kind of helped me even when I was asked by the bishop to become the pastoral administrator. My, the first thing that came to my mind is how do we get back to that original vision of this parish? Yeah. How do we make this, this place a family of God? 
and not just a family by name, but a functional family mm -hmm. where family values are impacted, not just on the members of the staff, but to our different ministries, our different organizations, and uh, the parishioners as a whole. How do we make this place a second home for everyone? So that you walk in here happy, and yeah. you walk out here and you desire to come back. If you have young children, you have the desire to bring them back, to come to all sense, either to enjoy our playground, or to be part of our religious education program, or to enjoy the celebration of Holy Mass, making our liturgy lively, making our liturgy a celebration, and making this place generally a place of joy, a place where people can walk in and they feel that there is God's presence here. So that's my vision, and it's gonna take a whole lot. It's gonna take human formation, and it's gonna take us working on our environment to make our environment a welcoming environment, a yeah. family-friendly environment, where you know that you have young kids, you will be able to come in maybe every evening and uh, have your kids play around at all sense, yeah. and have them go back to your house and they're like, Dad, we wanna go back tomorrow. Yeah. So just make it a family-friendly parish that goes not just on our worship, but also includes our environment. And that's exactly what I think Musano Kamel did. Building our gym and having the track here, making this place not just a place of worship, but also a place of fellowship where people can come in and bond and, and build relationship. So that's practically how and where I want to see if we can go there together. It's yeah. not just my vision. I want it to be the vision of the parish. Yeah, I think the idea, and you and I talked about this before, that you got so much of your knowledge and understanding of the faith from your parents and from the relationship that they had. And, you know, Erica's talked about the same thing and Andrew's talked about the same thing. And my parents, who are not Christian, who are not Catholic, did a very good job of raising my sister and I in a very Christian way without ever following Christ specifically. Um, in terms of like treat people well that's the most important thing love mm -hmm. love your neighbor um, and I think it's it's so important that we become a home away from home so that people are here and they're comfortable and they're having those conversations they're having they're modeling that to their their kids um, in in such specific ways of, of the faith one of the questions though that came in is, can you talk about the importance of young adults in the church? Okay, not just not just young adults, <laughs> but also kids. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I was in Nigeria, let me be very specific about it. I had what we call children's mass, and I would allow kids to come up to the altar and stay with me at the altar while I do mass. So they will surround my altar, they can sit, they can stand, they can do anything. You know why? I believe that the future of our church lies on those kids. Mm. 
I believe that I am getting old. I'm an old man. So <laughs> I'm getting old, which means my days are already numbered. Yeah. But then people need to replace me. People need to be modeled to take over from us who are adults. And who are those people that are going to do that? They are the one-year-old, the six-month-old, the 25-year-old, the 30-year-old, the young adults. These are the future of our church. Therefore, I am always open to anything that will help us grow the young adults in our churches. Yeah. Not just at all sense, but I mean Catholic church in general. Because that's when we lose a lot of our Catholic faithful. Growing up as kids, we are still under the formation of our parents. They bring us to church. Yeah. We go through all the religious aid. We do our confirmation, do everything, and then everything stops. People go to college and they begin to lose it. So the idea of having younger adults and supporting younger adults for me means catching our future at the right time. Getting those younger adults back to the church and helping them grow that same faith that their parents had been trying and the church had been trying to put into their lives at the early stages of their life. So young adult ministry for me is a very important ministry that will benefit the church not just today but also in future yeah. so that's the way I view it today they bring up a lot without the younger adults we wouldn't have all this technology now I don't know <laughs> anything about this technology <laughs> I'm enjoying it now because we have younger adults in our ministry so they are actually they are actually bringing in what they are best at into the life of the church. And they will continue to do that even when they grow old. So we need to invest on the young adults and help them grow their faith. And in so doing, we will be sure that our church has a bright future. Yeah. Yeah. For you guys, uh, as young adults who, you know, you went through high school, you went off to college, what was it that kept you involved at church? What was it that kept you involved on campus? Both of you went to UD, so that yeah, helps. That helps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think something that kept me involved in my faith, not necessarily on campus, like yes, we went to Catholic University, but I always wanted that parish family aspect. That's what I grew up with. That's what got me involved more in my faith in high school and kind of what you were talking about, about making this church feel like a second home, feel like a family. I wanted that whenever I went into college so I was like spent like the first two years just kind of church hopping and doing that with a group of friends until we found like a parish that was really close to campus um that we started to they didn't have any young adult community or anything but we just we just wanted to go to mass there and as easy as it was to sometimes go to mass on campus because it's walking distance and there were times when we didn't have cars or rides um I think something that really just kept us involved was that familial second home that feeling of being able to go to a parish and see young families see children and just the classical like church music all the kind of standard stuff um kept us really involved with our faith and so that's um I really like what you're saying about that as well because that's something that kept me involved and that I desire so much for other people 
especially young adults, because that is a time where you're just kind of bouncing around trying to figure out where you're going to land and discerning so much. So to have a consistent parish home is so important. And also, I mean, when you look at our contemporary world again, and you see where the world is dragging the young adults to, so it becomes imperative in the life of the church to meet the young adults where they are, to reach out to them, meet them where they are, and then be able to bring them to the church. So, and that's why, I mean, you guys are great in what you do. It's not just about sitting down in the office, but then you guys go out, you meet those guys where they are, and you bring them into the church. And I have to be very appreciative of what you do, because this ministry is really growing in our parish. And I'm sure, I mean, uh, one of the guys that you just convinced us to bring to join you as a team, one of the reasons why she started coming to All Saints was that she found out we have young adult ministry in our church. Mm -hmm. And she felt that this is maybe where she can get connected with people of her age, which is really very, I mean, appealing and very interesting. So what you're doing is really great. And I will encourage you, please, continue to reach out because this is an important age group in the life of the church. We built a very strong core group of high school age students. We, we just had a wedding this weekend um, that Andrew was a part of, uh, Danielle Sullivan and Tommy Trumpeter, uh, who Danielle was in our youth group. And it was really neat to see that at the wedding was a bunch of our core team, the readers at the wedding were some of our teens, the bridesmaids and the groomsmen, there was a bunch of our former teens or current teens. It was just, it was really neat to see that whole community come back together who had been part of the youth ministry program. And even like Caroline Hartman, who said, you know, what kept me involved was the formation that she received at All Saints. You know, it was a, it's been a very familial group for a long time. Um, and so it's, it's good to see that we're focusing that with the young adults as well. Um, there's a core group of young adults that are here now that are volunteering, that are all very close to each other. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the work is never done, yeah. but we're, we're moving things in a, in a really And you know, every direction. age group brings in their own talents, their yes. own ideas, because the body of Christ is not just about the old or maybe the toddlers or the little kids. Right. Every age group has a role to play in the life of the church, just like every family. Every family, each person brings his or her own talents yeah. or ideas to build a functional family. And then if we leave out a whole bunch, I mean a whole big group yeah. like young adults, if we leave them out in the church, then there is a big vacuum. Yeah. There is a big gap in the life of the church. And that's why I assure you, honestly, I mean, whatever we can do to support the ministry, the young adult ministry, because it is a ministry that personally, it touches my heart. Yeah. And I want people to get involved in young adult ministry yeah. because we are losing a lot of our Catholic faithful at that age. If there is anything we can do to support and be sure that this ministry continues to grow and we have this group in our church and feel their presence in what we are doing in the church, 
please count me into it. I will be part of it. I will support it. Yeah. And I'm sure my staff, other members of staff, will also be part of it and be supportive of anything that will help this ministry to grow. It's an important ministry to me and I know to the church as a whole. Yeah. And you've been very supportive. Let me affirm that. It has been, uh, I know it's only been a month and a half or maybe six weeks. But you've been, <laughs> you've been very supportive in, in everything that we've come to you with. And so we very much appreciate that. Um, how, what do you think will be the most effective way to do cross-generational ministry with a pandemic going on? So we're talking about how do we get the youngest parishioner, our, our two weeks old, our three weeks old, mm -hmm. and some of our older parishioners. And I won't put an age on it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's a challenge that, you know, it, I, we've had the conversation yeah. with some of our, our department head meetings where we've talked about how are we going to start to do these things. I know, I mean, this is a very trial time. This yeah. is a time that, I mean, nobody prayed for this time. Right. Nobody, <laughs> no, nobody, nobody was even <laughs> thinking that a time like this will ever come. But then we are human. We are limited in our thinking. No matter how intelligent we think we are, yeah. we are still very limited. So nobody prayed for this. Nobody was waiting for this. And from nowhere, this came. And it is a global thing. It's not something that is just about this church or that church or this country or that country. It's a global thing. But then, thank God, um, life continues. Yes. And there is always something positive in every bad situation. Remember we had this conversation, I think, maybe in July. I said, there are so many positives that came to our church yes. in the course of this pandemic. One of those things is technology. Yeah. We invested in technology. We were able to get ourselves be seen and heard in more than 55 countries, yeah. which is really something positive. We can now live stream our masses. We never thought about that before pandemic. So why do I bring these things up? There is always something positive, even though this is a challenging moment. Yeah. But then we can start doing little things. We talked about how even the young adults, even those little ones, how we can bond and uh, get to get closer to uh, each other. And for me, church is not just about coming to mass. Church is also about fellowship. And that's why one of the projects we are thinking about investing on will be developing our playground yeah. and our courtyard, making our our playground and our courtyard a very family friendly grounds yeah whereby young families can come in with their kids kids from different families can come together maybe to kick around to kick balls around or to play games together the parents will be there they yeah. are adults maybe the older ones who are teenagers may also come with them and then the two-year-old the three weeks old will also be there so that becomes a way for them to bond. But then we have to invest. We have to make those playgrounds a very family-friendly areas. Yeah. So fellowship, for me, is one of those ways that we can bring both the young and the old together. We have our um, 
coffee and donuts every Sunday. Yeah. The young ones, they love donuts. They are always <laughs> they they are playing around with their donuts. That's bonding with the elderly ones. The elderly ones, they love their coffee. They will have their cup of coffee, and those little ones are giving them bundle of joy when they <laughs> yes. play around and yes. make noise and do all kinds of stuff. So fellowship. So it's not just about, oh, the mass is over and you go. The mass is over, yes, but then the mass is over means go and share what you got from the mass with your brothers and sisters. Go and be another Christ yeah. with others based on what you have already gotten from Christ, especially in the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. Bond with one another, move into the fellowship hall, move into our courtyards, yeah. meet with people. They are your family members, they are our parishioners, and all of us belong to this family of all saints. Meet those people you have never met. Tell them whom you are, greet them. And that's how we begin to bond. That's how we begin to know ourselves. Yeah. And that's how we begin to grow our family. Because when we start bonding, we now start knowing more about one another. And that helps us become yes. more united and more bonded as people of God. So that does not discriminate. Right. It may be a one-day-old baby or it may be somebody as old as Father Jovita. <laughs> I think I'm the oldest here. So, 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 <laughs> so don't be afraid of mentioning age. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the oldest here. So it may be someone as young as a newborn. It may be someone as old as myself, but yeah. it doesn't really matter. What matters is that we meet each other with love and we share that love with one another. That's what is more important. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the, the fellowship aspect, you know, we, we have people that ask all the time about how to get their youth involved in different things. Uh, and so often I, I just go back to like, tell them to invite and bring a friend with them. Uh, because we can do so much. We can provide food. We can have the best resources. We can have the best speakers and the best musicians and all of those things. But they want friendship. They, they want that community. They want that relationship. Um, and so it's, we, we have, we're very blessed with a very welcoming and hospitable youth and young adults and families. Um, but sometimes it's just getting them in the door because they're so hesitant because they don't, they walk in and they're like, I don't know anybody. So what am I supposed to do? Um, and so, yeah, I think that's such an important thing is that bond, um, the familiarity, the, who's gonna be the person that greets them and just says hi. Uh, I think all of those things are really important. Uh, and right when you talk about cross-generational is, it is meeting in the courtyard. That was one of the things when the pandemic started and we had to shut everything down. We got really good at using outside space. Mm -hmm. um, we did adoration in the courtyard, we did adoration out on the field. Well, let me ask so, you this. Can the young adults and the youth ministry help us do a bring a friend Sunday? Bring your friend. Tell us which mass you want to attend. Yeah. We make it a special mass. And let the young adults, let the youths, let them come in with their friends. They don't have to be Catholics. They just have to be their friends. Let's come together. Maybe yeah. have a mass dedicated for 
friends. Just for that? Just friends. Yeah. yeah, bring your friends. As often as you want us to do it. Maybe once a month, maybe once in two months, maybe once in three months. Yeah. Let's call it bring a friend. And let them invite their friends. Let them come and see what we are doing in the church. Let them come and take, I mean, have a tour of All Saints facilities and see how beautiful this parish is, how beautiful this church is. And if they have questions, we will make ourselves yes. available, the clergy, mm -hmm. we will make ourselves available to answer those questions and if there are concerns, we will be able to address them. So, is this something? Yeah, you guys oh, absolutely. Add? I think that's a fantastic idea. I mean, yeah. I, w I will say that it was a personal invitation by somebody that was in my one of my high school classes. It was a high school economics class. I remember sitting at the desk next to this young man and I had just moved to Houston from Las Vegas and he said, come to church with me. And I said, I don't believe in imaginary friends. And he said, <laughs> come anyway. Like he said, he was like, you're new here. He's like, you should come. There's cute girls at our church. And that was what it was. I mean, I, I had said this story for so many years and I, I really wish like there was something more impactful that was said that I wasn't like the shallow high school boy that I was, but that's who I was. And it was exactly what I needed to hear. And then I started going to mass. I started doing everything. I was hired to work in that, the Catholic church before I was even baptized, um, which not the way it should go. Um, let's, let's be clear. That is not the way things should happen. But it, it is something that, you know, we should invite our friends, we, even those friends that are not Catholic, so that we can explain things. Because I, I, I've always felt, and I've said this up at the, the school so many times when we do apologetics, the problem is not what the Catholic Church teaches. The problem is what people think the Catholic Church stands for. And I think if we had the conversation, we answered some of the questions, we gave them a tour, we helped them to understand what, what those things are, that it would alleviate a lot of those stigmatisms that are negative about the church. So Don't feel guilty and don't feel bad. If what brought you into the church is because you were told that there are beautiful girls in the church. Don't <laughs> yeah. feel bad about it. There has to be something that brings you to yeah. the church. Yes. I mean, what made me decide to be a priest? I didn't know anything about priesthood. I didn't know much. Yeah. Maybe if I had known what being a priest entailed at that point in time, I could have said, no, I don't want to get in there. But something drew yeah. me into that. And what was it? The way priests were dressing in yeah. my home country, Nigeria. I looked at their immaculate white. They yeah. dress like the Pope. They wear the white that the Pope wears. And that was as a, as a child, five-year-old, six-year-old kid. That was a big attraction for me. Wow, yeah. these guys really look neat. This white really fits them well. And I started telling my parents, I want to be like them. Yeah. So my getting into priesthood has nothing to do with what I'm doing now. <laughs> what brought me, what brought the idea, what, I mean, the attraction was about their outfit. Yeah. So anything, something has to invite right. you. And then something has to attract you. And then when you come in, you now begin to understand better that it is not about that thing. Yeah, so yes, in your absolutely. own case, you came to understand <laughs> it's not about girls, it's about Christ. And in my own case, when I came in, I found out it's not about those weirds. Yeah. It's more about being like Christ. But something has to right. bring you in first. And that is why I do encourage bringing your friends 
They may be Catholics. They may be non-Catholics. They may be fallen Catholics, whoever they are. Let's have a mass that we can call bringing your friends mass. Yeah. You never know what God is planning for those people. You never know that God has been waiting for you to invite those people. Yeah. You never know the impact that one time that one thing may, I mean, have in the life of that person. So, for me, there is always a reason to come in. That reason may not be the reason for staying back. Yeah. When you now come in, you'll find a better reason to stay back. And that's the way I look at, call it vocation, call it call, anything you can yeah. call it. There is always something that brings you in first. And then when you get in, you now find out that there is something better and greater yes. than that initial <laughs> attraction. What, do you do either of you have one of those? Uh, like, <laughs> so for father it was the best one. <laughs> for me it was the, the cute girl. But I, I will say, you know, it was it was about ten years after that that I met my wife, <laughs> and it was because it was because I was a youth minister and she was a youth minister. And she was interning as a youth minister in Galveston. And we just happened to be at a youth ministry, a diocesan youth ministry meeting together. And I was like, there it was. I was like, it took longer than I expected to get there. But he was right. He was right. Yeah. So, yeah, God definitely had other plans. But, yeah, Yeah. for you guys, is there any of those? Do you have one of those? I feel like, so I'm thinking I got mostly involved in high school. So it was the people for sure. But the first time I feel like I started to, like, not that I wasn't wanting to be involved in the faith that I started to understand what I wanted to be involved in um, was taking like I was homeschooled and I went to public school so I didn't take like CCE classes or any sort of religion classes growing up what I knew was just like the Sunday mass and anything you can get from that Um, but it wasn't until like freshman year of college whenever I went to University of Dallas and we took a lot of theology classes and then I did my pastoral ministry degree and I took even more theology classes um I think I honestly was like learning a lot of the history of the catholic church and the moral theology of everything like I don't know the educational side of it is really what drew me into it because then I started to understand what the faith was and why I was so you know I had that emotional kind of spiritual attachment to the faith from high school and then putting the educational with that I was like completed with that I think that's what really that's good yeah. drew me into it yeah that's <laughs> awesome yeah I'm trying to think I don't know if I had any particular moments like that but I know both of my parents had moments like that because um, my mom when they were growing up there was a period of time when their family wasn't really going to church much at all they were upstate New York and my mom had a friend at school that went to religious ed classes and my mom just wanted to hang out with that friend so she just went with her to classes all the time and eventually, they, the teacher was like, "Hey, who who are you?" And um, and she, you know, eventually guilted other members of her family into like taking her to, to the class, and then eventually taking her to mass and things. And she was like seven or something. I, I don't know, yeah. but um, and so that that was one of those moments for her that was just like, I just want to hang out with a friend. And my dad, who is, is still not Catholic, but he uh, he ended up meeting my mom in the church because he plays the trumpet and he wanted to play in a group. And he moved up to New York and was like, I need to find somewhere to to play and just some people to know and so if a co-worker is his was like hey I play in this choir at a Catholic church you should you should come join us and he's like okay sure yeah. and here we are you know? so yeah. it's it just 
it's interesting to see sometimes where those those tiny little threads start that mm-hmm. belong to pull something huge yeah. later on. I have ever told you guys the lollipop story. I don't. It, so there's a. There, it's not. It's not my story. It's somebody else's it's story. Like the alligator story. But it, no, no, no. The, alli- <laughs> the alligator story. That that one's me. Okay. Sorry. Um, the the lollipop story. So the story goes. Uh, it's what he says is, he was a, like a recruiter or something on the college campus. There's a young lady who was visiting, the school or it was like freshman orientation. Parents were dropping kids off, and they're in line in the like. Um, dining hall or something like that of this college campus and his job was to be the guy who had to wear like a silly hat and like a sign that was like welcome to campus or whatever it was and so he's handing out lollipops as he's doing this and there's this long line and there's a young woman who had just talked to her parents about like she didn't really know if she fit in on campus and so he ends up giving this lollipop to the guy standing behind this young woman and he says here, give this lollipop to the, the beautiful young lady in front of you. And so he gives the lollipop to the guy. The guy gives the lollipop to the girl. And then the guy who was handing out lollipops says, your daughter's going to be fine here. She's already accepting candy from strangers. <laughs> and the whole dining hall hears this, and they all just start <laughs> laughing. And the young lady just, she felt comfortable. Yeah. You know, it was this small... Two or three years later, the guy who was handing out lollipops gets an invitation to their wedding. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And so what it is, is like, it's these small moments, it's these lollipop moments that you have. And he's like, we get so wrapped up in thinking that like, we're going to impact the entire world at one time. We're going to say one thing that changes the whole world. And he's like, that's not how it works. How it works is these conversations, these small things. You know, that one invitation by the guy sitting next to me in my economics class. The impact that that had on my life personally. And then the last 20 years of doing ministry. That even if I've impacted one person in 20 plus years of doing ministry, then it's because of that small lollipop moment that I was able to pass that on. You know, it's it's those kind of things that I think the danger sometimes of thinking that we are the most important part of the mission of the church versus being understanding that we are pointing to something that is much greater than we are. And that's what I tell people many a time too. It's not about you. Yeah. It's about God. You know, some people tell me, Oh, how can I do that? Oh, supposing that person says no, it's going to hurt me. And I feel like, do you know how many people that have said no to me when I tell them, oh, can you come to church? Thousands of people have, from my seminary days, thousands of people have said no. Maybe few have said yes. But the whole truth is, it's not your work. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. What you need to do is to have the courage to accept, to do what the Spirit of God is asking you to do. The fulfillment of that mission is not going to come from you. It's going to come from God who sent you. Play your part and God will definitely do the rest. Don't be scared. Don't feel, oh, who am I to invite somebody to come to church? Just throw out that word. You never know. Somebody might have been waiting for somebody to invite him. 
somebody may be out there waiting for somebody to extend that invitation and say, I'm going to sit with you in the church. Can you come to church with me? Yeah. We will sit together. And maybe after church, we can go out for breakfast or we can go out for dinner. That may be what that person had been waiting for. And you wouldn't know until you extend that invitation. And remember, I tell you guys all the time, there are three good answers to everything. The same way God answers our prayers, he answers it in three ways. And that's, for me, that's the way I look at it whenever I throw out any question to anybody. You can either say no. I, I'm, I'm not going to do that. God says no. I prayed and asked God to make me a six-footer. <laughs> he said no and just made me a little above five feet <laughs> but my prayer growing up as a kid was for him to make me a, five, a six footer he didn't want to do that and he said yeah. no and I do understand <laughs> so he said no so he can say no and if he can say no I can also expect no from people yes. when I extend an invitation to them they may say no yeah. it's welcome or God tells us wait it's not yet time I will bring it to fulfillment, but it has to be at my own time. That's another way God answers our prayers. So are you waiting to be a six-footer? I'm still... <laughs> that one is not going to happen. Still waiting. That one is no. The answer is no. So I'm not waiting again for that. But there are so many other things that have happened in my life. I wanted those things to happen here and now. And the answer I got was wait. Wait. Yeah. And I waited, and some of them were fulfilled at God's own time, not at my own time. Mm -hmm. And then the one that we expect all the time is yes, yes. <laughs> which is a good answer too. God, I want this to happen. Yes, it's going to happen. The same way you may extend this invitation to your friend, come to Mass with me. And the answer will be, yeah, I'm going to go with you. Yeah. That's a good one. But your friend may also say, wait, I'm not yet ready. Don't, be, don't get frustrated. Don't feel bad about it. Or your friend may say, no, this Catholic church, I don't want to go there. And the answer is no. Just know that you are not the one walking. It is God who is walking. Yeah. At the right time, God is going to make everything he wants. He's going to make it possible. Just play your part. Do what you are called to do. Yeah. Extend that invitation and allow God to do the rest. I usually put it this way. Do your best and God will do the rest. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. So don't be scared. Don't say, I don't know how he will feel. He will feel the same way he will feel. Just extend that invitation. We have another question. Uh, uh -oh. What makes All Saints unique? Like what, what makes us, uh, our community unique, sets us apart? Okay. From this, my own this perspective. This is going to be our sales pitch when we send our <laughs> yeah. invitations, so be careful. <laughs> okay, you know what? A few weeks ago, somebody came to my office, and I was having a conversation with that person. And we, uh, we started talking about what really sets all saints apart from every other church. Why do people stay back at all saints? Maybe some have been here for 40 years. Yeah. Some have been here for... 35 years. Some are very new. Some have been here maybe for just one month or two months. So I set out and asked that question. How can we go out to the people and ask them why they have been here for so long and also ask the new ones 
why they are coming into all sense. So right now, if you have not been watching it, go to our website. There is a video there every week. I think we have about three already yeah. on our website now, where some individuals and some families have already told the story of why they keep coming back to all sense. Mm -hmm. And listening and watching about three of them, one thing keeps coming back to me, and that is that they feel that this is a home. Yeah. That's the central message I have been getting. There are some that have been recorded, they are not out there yet, but I have had the privilege of watching those ones and listening to them. And I mean, the core message there from every family had always been, I see this place as my home. Yeah. I see this place as where I can bring in my family and feel good that we are here. So, and that is why we want to, I want to really emphasize more on the family side of all sense, because this is our strength. Remember we are doing strength finder? Yes. And what, <laughs> what did the lady tell us? He said, once you improve on your strength, you keep going forward. Yeah. Don't look at your weakness. Just keep improving on your strength. Yeah. So I found out that the strength of all sense is family. So we are going to keep improving on our strength. We are going to keep making this place a better place and making this place a place that all families will feel welcomed. So that's the way I look at it. And for me, that is what is unique about all sense, yeah. that most of the parishioners have this feeling that this place is a home. But then the challenge is, how can we make it a better home? And that is exactly what we are working on, yeah. how we can make our home a better home. All sense is our home already. We have had a little message written up there on the board for uh, a little over a year now, but the question is why All Saints? You know, uh, okay. that's that's kind of the motivator behind everything that we've been trying to do is what's going to, why choose All Saints when you can be anywhere right now? You know, you you can you can go to mass at any place in the world yeah. right now and watch it. So, what are we doing that um, sets us apart? What are we doing that? makes our ministry unique what are we doing that makes our community unique so the focus on youth and young adults and families it's the whole parish we, we we want everybody every stage of life that you're in um i promise you there is a ministry here for you uh we've got over 80 of them so i, I guarantee one of them fits you uh we do have somebody that wants to know what your top strengths are Somebody wants to know what. The, this, <laughs> uh, Father, what are your top strengths? Um, this is this is actually she's one of our core members, and um, she does like business training sometimes uh, for companies, okay. and things like that. We've <laughs> talked about it quite a bit because she knows all of our strengths. Okay. We actually mentioned those a couple weeks ago on the show. So. Okay. Um, I just came out from meeting with our coach. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> so. so. Uh, my, my number one strength is empathy. Okay. My number two is communication. And then, um, or is it again? I'm an arranger. Okay. I am a developer. And I, I have responsibility as my <laughs> okay. uh, top five. So these yeah. are my top five. So even though I still, I told her, and I still tell myself that, 
Empathy comes up as number one, but I see communication as number one for me. <laughs> empathy is number two, but a strength finder says that empathy is number one. I can't doubt them, but then I see myself as having communication as number one. But these are my top five strengths. It's empathy, communication, arranger, developer, and responsibility. Yeah. yeah. I can see that, though. Uh -oh. For sure, those uh -oh. are fine. <laughs> yeah, That's a, it was kind of fun when we we did that last week, where we all sat around and we had everybody had their cards with their top five mm -hmm. on it, and you could walk around and be like, "Oh yeah, no, I definitely see that in you." And yep, I, I was sitting with Mary Marshawn, who like responsibility and empathy and all those are in her. Harmony, I think, was in it, and it's like, oh yes, that's absolutely who you are. Yeah. Every every mine's a little bit more of a mess, but <laughs> you how you are a wood. I'm a woo. <laughs> I am a woo. Uh, yeah, a strategic woo. So yeah, that means I I plan my woos in advance. <laughs> so, speaking of woo, we are ready for lightning round. This is our fun little. Game that we play where we ask a oh, would you rather question. So Eric is going to ask the question. Okay, okay here Not we go. Just woo -hoo. Woo -hoo. Totally different. I don't have woo, but I have woo hoo. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the the balconies in the basement mm -hmm. in a different conversation before we had those words. Oh, yeah. It was strengths and shadow sides. And somebody goes, what's the opposite of a woo? And I said, it's a boo. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, I'm the opposite of a woo. What's that? And I was like, that's a boo. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they like my answer. <laughs> that's okay. All right. Ready? I'm ready. Set, go. Okay. Coffee or tea? Tea. Coffee. Coffee. Tea. Oh my god. <laughs> coffee chats. How <laughs> <laughs> do I do tea chat? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this time I want. It's, it's just dirt water, guys. Come yeah. on. So it's gross. <laughs> it's ground up dirt water. So it's okay. Okay. Sorry, moving on. Summer or winter? Oh, summer. Uh, sometimes not in Texas. Depends on where I am. After last winter, I feel like I have to pick summer. <laughs> so, That's even though I hate the heat. Winter. I'm going to go with winter. Oh. Uh, baseball or soccer? Oh. <laughs> Are you asking? <laughs> soccer every day. So throw it in. <laughs> no, I want to say baseball. I don't, I don't know. Like, to play or to watch? If I'm watching one on TV, I would pick soccer. If I'm playing one, I would probably pick baseball. That's fair. Okay. I'm going to say baseball. But I think it's just because I understand it more than I do soccer. soccer. There you go. <laughs> I'm no good at either, so I'll go with soccer. <laughs> Did you say? Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was zoned out. That's okay. <laughs> um, would you rather have a dog or a cat? Dog. 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 Okay. <laughs> right, good. good. Okay, so I'm glad we're all on the Easy one in this yeah. room. Yeah. yeah. Um, would you rather meet your favorite athlete or your favorite musician? My favorite athlete. My favorite musician. <laughs> I think you struggled with this last time. <laughs> yeah, last time I was an athlete or actor, and I'm just like, I'm, I think the problem is, like, I don't have a lot of favorite anything. That's what it is. Who would you rather meet? A 
athlete. Oh, oh, favorite musician. I don't even know who that would be. <laughs> Dave Moore. <laughs> Check. All right. Uh, I'm going to say musician. Uh, I'm going to say musician, too. Um, would you rather only be able to read books or only be able to watch movies? Read books. Read books. Movies. I'm not a movie person. <laughs> I'm going to say movies. <laughs> you want to say I want to say this. <laughs> but just time-wise, I think I'm going to go with movies. I, I don't know. I'm going to go with movies. Is the audiobooks an option? There we go. There. Oh. <laughs> um, would you rather go on a roller coaster? Would you... These are two drastically different things. <laughs> would you rather go on a roller coaster or go skydiving? Wow. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I would go with not. <laughs> Let's say the craziest roller coaster ever or skydiving. Uh, skydiving. I want to say skydiving. Roller coaster. I mean, it's uh, those terrifying me, but skydiving, it's like. Uh, oh my god, that's roller coasters. It's like the content of my nightmares. Uh, we did the indoor yeah. skydiving. Yeah, I might do that. That's because you're on a so much fun. I would do roller coaster, but my first experience didn't really help matters. So I had a very ugly experience. Yeah. So okay. Okay. I'm that's like, fair. no, no more. <laughs> Never got out of the way. That is fair. Um, would you rather have a rewind button or a pause button on your life? Rewind. Pause. So I think I change my answer every time. This question. Um, rewind. I'm gonna say pause. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure about that? I don't know. <laughs> I'll rewind and I'll go again. Um, would you rather be able to control space or time? Control space or control time? Space. Yeah, space. Space. Aliens. Mm, okay. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, aliens. That's I'm going to have time just because it's different. And it can be Doctor Strange. That's true. Then your whole pause and rewind situation works out really well. Do both? Yeah. Right. Okay. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather not be able to read or not be able to speak? <laughs> As the communicator. Not, be, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not yeah. be able to read. Yeah, I would also say not be able to read. Yeah. Not be able to read. Then I, yeah. then I would have to do audiobooks. Yeah. <laughs> I can't listen to audiobooks. Right. Yeah, yep. there we go. Um, would you rather be able to control water or wind? <laughs> control water? Yeah, I water. I do water. I Rain, I snow, do. everything we run into here. <laughs> I will control, control water then. Water. Yeah. Maybe then we could keep a fish alive. <laughs> also water. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> too fresh. Um, <laughs> Potinas is still too fresh. <laughs> the one we just got. Yikes. I'm going to go with water. Okay, okay. Fish. Sorry, fish. Oh. Sorry, both fish. We need like an in memoriam type video. Maybe. Um, would you rather be an amazing singer or be fantastic at math? Amazing singer. We're <laughs> fantastic at math. math. It's kind of a specific. Go. I'll go. You got amazing two options. <laughs> fantastic at math. Okay. Y'all go singer. I'm a singer. I wouldn't be good at math. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna be a good singer. 
you might all be musicians, but I'm controlling your finances. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can, I can do <laughs> math pretty well already. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be fantastic in math, but I can still yeah. control my finance. <laughs> <laughs> decent enough in math, yeah. yeah. As a fantastic singer, I think I can add up how many platinums I get. So, there we go. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather be able to run super fast or jump super high? Run, run super fast. Run super fast. Jump super high. Yeah, run super fast. <laughs> It'd be too much like skydiving if I jump too high. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, along with jumping, <laughs> would you? <laughs> Which you're the only one who picked. <laughs> Good. Personally, um, would you rather only be able to jump everywhere? <laughs> you go or only be able to skip to skip I want, uh, like, yep you skip skip down okay. <laughs> to the or altar or, or jump gym. down to the altar for mass the procession would be interesting <laughs> that's what I'm thinking <laughs> how do I jump from the back of the church to the altar <laughs> it's gonna take a minute maybe skip you hop like a bunny uh, skip there. might be a better one for me I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go jump just because I feel like it would be even more interesting. <laughs> more, more people are going to be like, until what are you doing? Until, yeah. until you get vested as a priest and then you jump from the back of the church. <laughs> Both would be weird in that case, but yeah. yeah. I'm going to go jump. I'm sorry, I just skipped you. <laughs> so, 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 so. <laughs> um, skip. <laughs> it's good because if you jumped, knowing that you jumped super high would be really weird. With your previous question. So. Yeah. So that's why we I skipped have, you. Yeah. Just do it in one big jump all the way to the altar. All right. Oh, last yeah. one. Maybe yeah. a good one. Yes. Would you rather be able to choose your own superpower or be the most intelligent person in the world? Choose my own superpower or be the most intelligent person in the world? I would go for intelligence. Yeah. I think I would go for intelligence also. Yeah. I'm going to go with Cheese Man's superpower, but only because it gives me more time to figure out if intelligence should be my superpower. Yeah. And then I could do something else later. Is that? Batman okay. is not a superpower, so that's why I went with intelligence. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yep. All right. So, that's it yeah. for episode 68. Thank you to Father Jovita for being here with us today so much. And uh, please keep all of us. In your prayers, we will keep praying for you guys. And do you want to give everybody who's watching a blessing? I guess it's yeah, a virtual blessing. First of all, thank you so much for all you do. Thank you for this program. I think this program has really sent all sense out to the world. Thank you. You guys do a great job. And uh, I'm really very proud of you. And for all, our, all the people watching us, thank you for being into this program. And um, maybe we close with a prayer. I'll yep. give a blessing. So, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be thy be name. Thy kingdom, kingdom come, come thy will, will be done, done on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Lord be with you. And may the Almighty God bless and protect us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.